0: Welcome to the Super Facts Show on the Super Facts Network, featuring St. Laz, who also hosts the popular web series, Gem Pop, and music journalist Mark Walter Ward. They have discussions about hip-hop, culture, society, philosophy, and everything else. Now available on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. What up world it's your boy mark walter wars super Facts show super facts network today we have with us a, a a very esteemed guest to me uh dj Trackstar, who you might know from being run the jewels dj but me personally well i guess i did find out about you from run the jewels um you you, you have an outstanding website rapfan.com and uh shit, I, I, a, shit, I love it i i, I love that well, I, well we'll get right to it um you know, I went there looking for, you know, I collect shit. I got all the Run the Jewels vinyls. I've got some of your mega mixes and all that stuff. And I found wow. your your website trying to find Run the Jewels material. And uh, I, I found your mix, mix CDs. Like, I got a few of them. Uh, oh, shit. Right on, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is the Rick Rubin one. The, the, this okay. Rick Rubin mix is just, like, my whole family loves it.
1: But, man, like, right seriously. On, like, I was,
0: he, he was just asking me about my kids. And I got a 17-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 7-year-old. <laughs> And all, all three of them, and my wife, we all love this. Oh, that's you know, dope. The, the, I the No that ID one. Sure. And yeah. I remember it was like a seven-pack. I got all the ones that was available at the time. Okay, okay. So I, like, I know someone was like, Run the Jewels, tour, tour mixtapes. like uh, It was like Blade Runner, right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Jewel Runner joint.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Jewel Runner. And, uh... Mm-hmm. So so. anyway, a- anyone who's listening to this, make sure y'all check out Rap Fan. This man got outstanding merchandise, Run the jewels exclusive. I know you don't sell the CDs anymore, but you know, you got links, you got the smoking section mixes. And uh, yeah, yeah. to be real with you, I don't know if you've ever heard this comparison. It might be that I have limited knowledge of DJs, but with your eclectic musical palette, the way you arrange these and put these together, it reminded me of DJ AM.
1: I have not heard that before, but that's obviously a crazy, crazy honor.
0: Well, you know, it might be just because a lot of people don't tread in those waters, like, particularly with the Rick Rubin, you know, the different artists yeah, yeah. you work with. But, like, you you mixed it together well instead of it being, you know, Thank like, you, man. putting those different genres together from Johnny Cash to, you know, the Chili Peppers with, with Beastie Boys and all that. You know, if, if you, I feel like if you put the, the song in the wrong place, it could take somebody out the flow. And I feel you navigated right. that properly.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I definitely try to keep it as cohesive as possible. It, it is funny because that's, like, maybe the only mix I've ever done that I really use a lot of like rock rock shit. Um but I definitely want to, you know, do some more do some more shit like that. I definitely like mixing genres. Um you know when, whenever it makes sense for sure. But well see yeah, like love- like
0: like I said, my family, like I'm not just saying it's shit for no podcast or nothing. Like they really love it. Love that one. So like I probably listen to it more than any of the other ones. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, right on man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean thank you. Thank you so much. You know, just for copping and just support in general, dude. Definitely appreciate it.
0: Well, I mean, you know, like the beautiful thing about a mix like that, like like I ain't trying to harp on it, but like, you know, all three of my kids went and, and listened to different music that they had never listened to before, you know, because, you know, you, you, it's a mix. You don't got the whole songs and then they might want to hear more from the people.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, you know, so I got oh, like, my man, son listening to like that's, Beastie Boys. That's really know. dope to hear. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And my, 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 at the time, my, my daughter, my, my youngest was like three and she's listening to like old LL Cool J records.
1: Because, you know, you, you can <laughs> play LL
0: Cool J singles around your kids.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, For sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I I got them open to, to wrap off that. You know what I'm saying? So shit, thank you.
1: Oh, that's dope, man. That's dope. Legacy yes. shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then and then like I said, ain't anybody's watching this or listens to it, make sure y'all check out Rap Fan the 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 t shirts. I mean, like so 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 I see it's it's kinda like turned into like a whole clothing line, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean it started off just as merch on tour. Um, and then after the first tour where I started doing it when I was at home, I was like, well, I still got shirts, you know, let me make a little website. And yeah, it just grew from there. I mean, at the start, it was just one design, one shirt. Um, And yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, it's just grown from there. I went, especially when I'm off tour, I try to work on it a bunch and get, you know, new designs and new products up there. And um, you know, it's a lot more I want to do with it for sure, but uh, I'm definitely, definitely thankful for all the support I've gotten. Um,
0: Are, Are you involved in the, in the design of the shirts?
1: Um, So I've designed a couple of them myself. Um, I mean, I definitely, you know, give artistic direction on, you know, pretty much all of them um, on some level or another, but um, my man Tech Supreme here in St. Louis made the original rap fan design, um, which I don't think I really did anything on that. I think he just sent it to me and I said, that's a go. Um, But Ian Clare did a bunch of stuff that, you know, like the the rtj dj one with the, with the zombie hands dj like that was my wife's idea like that was her concept um and i brought it to ian and he made it you know incredible um so yeah you know it's it's fun it's it's fun working on all different levels of it a little bit of the designing and a little bit of the you know suggestions and then and then you know just executing the you, you, the,
0: you know the process. one i think it was cd my my have been tapes but i'm pretty sure it was cd covers right like like stacked sideways so you can read the titles
1: Oh, uh, the um, yeah, that yeah, it was it was vinyl, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so, so yeah, who, yeah, the joint called the Collector. Who, I did who, that. Who? One. who you, so you picked? Yeah. See. Yeah, yeah, I uh, like those were my records. I took the photo, I did the Photoshop and filtered it the way I wanted, you know, wanted to look and all. So yeah, but glad, glad you highlighted that one because yeah, that was that was uh, that's like the main one that I did that I'm like,
0: I did that. <laughs> Yeah, like like I don't wore it out now, but I ha- I had one at the time, and uh I I remember like whenever I went to a music event, it, it would cause conversation. Like like I I, oh, I always felt that like whoever designed it, these young like I was like like whoever was di- doing these got like a passion. And, and like like hearing you talk about it, I-, I can like like did you start it off as something to just uh you know to capitalize on your work, and it became did, like did you think you'd have this level of of enthusiasm enthusiasm? I guess would be the right word for it.
1: I mean, not, you know, not really like a lot of my career kind of gone like that, where I don't really look too far ahead. Like I don't really set crazy goals. Like I do, you know, I do tasks. I do what's in front of me. I do what like makes sense. You know, I look at the landscape in front of me, what direction to go. But I'm never like, yo, in five years, I'm trying to do this and work toward, you know what I'm saying? I just like work with what with what comes to me. Um. So, you know, I mean, at the time it was the first, uh, it was the first Killer Mike LP tour. And, you know, at that time we were playing small venues. And you know, so the, the 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 money wasn't crazy at that point on that tour for any of us, certainly not me as you know the DJ. Right. Um, so I was like, man, you know, I'm I'm out here away from my away from my lady. I need to come back with some money I <laughs> <Word. laughs> figure out yeah. something I can do. I started. Uh, I was just like, let me make some shirts. And um, you know, at the time, especially at the time, but I mean, even now, I was like, who's gonna care about a shirt that says Trackstar on it? Like, I'm not. I'm not Killer Mike. I'm not LP. You know, I'm not like the star here. So I just wanted to come up with something a little more universal, something that like, and something that I knew I would still like in five years, instead of like doing something like stylish of the moment, and then five years from now I'm looking back like, uh, what was I? Why would I do that? You know? Um,
0: shit, shit, they be selling them Jones on the, the old ones on the ones you probably don't got no more. But they be selling them on eBay for like hundred fifty dollars, three hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I try to keep an eBay alert on for you know for Run the Jewel stuff and, and rap fan stuff, so it's, it's fun to see what pops up. Oh um, yeah, there's
0: there's definitely some resale value on that. Yeah. Take note of anyone listening, I'm telling y'all, rap fan is a come up.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's investment. It's, it's a new Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, just it just went from there, and it was just literally that first it was just one shirt on on that tour, and then I think the next tour I had two shirts or something like that, and I started doing the hat, and. uh yeah you know it just just took off from there it's been it's been a cool ride
0: and and you said them vinyls was your vinyls and and you you got started um St. Louis in in 99 so you must have been a little bit before like like people was really DJing off the computer like that so so you, you you've been copping records for a minute huh
1: yeah yeah I mean I started you know buying and collecting a little bit in you know in the mid 90s or like I guess towards the late 90s just as a fan just you know um, cause I was getting, in, I was getting into DJing and production just as a fan. I wasn't even really doing it, but you know, I was like, oh, let me, uh, you know, I'm supposed to have vinyl if I'm into this, you know? So I started going to, you know, buying hip hop records, but also going to garage sales and, and stuff and secondhand stores and copping, you know, whatever I could find.
0: See, that's uh-huh. what I was going to ask you. How, how was that in St. Louis in in, in the 90s looking for rap vinyls? Was, was like, like I, I'm from the D.C. area, and, and that would have been pretty hard. Like, record stores, or, I mean, it, I guess there wasn't even record stores at that point, but, like, music stores weren't really carrying vinyls. Um, Yeah. Maybe well, singles a little bit. Like, you remember, like, I don't know if y'all had Waxy maxies, but, like, that was kind of like Sam Duty F.Y.E. Uh-uh. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just like, you know, like a chain corporate record store. Like, you know, I know, okay. I know you know about, like, a, like a F.Y.E. or whatever. And uh, it, right, it was right. just like that, and like they, they, every they they still had like the little vinyl singles every now and then, but just by by the mid '90s, they didn't really have no vinyl in the record store.
1: Yeah, well, and um, so before '99, I was actually in Madison, Wisconsin, so it was even it was even lighter there <laughs> than it was yeah, in Madison for sure. Yeah. Um, so you know, for me, like I mean, I was heavy on the use in the UCD store. Like I was buying, I was buying hella CDs, but yeah, vinyl yeah, makes, wise, vinyl it, yeah. wise, I like. There was more places that I knew about, but it was funny like at that time like when I got into when I really got into hip hop, I didn't realize some like that, that there was as much going on in Madison as it was like it felt to me like it was just like oh just me and my friends know about this you know right um which was way off <laughs> but you well, know people just, didn't
0: wear it on their sleeve like that yeah, back then you know, you
1: know I, was, I was fourteen or whatever and you know I mean it's, it's Madison Wisconsin you know uh, but, <laughs> So, yeah, it was funny because later looking back, I was like, oh, snap, that record store was there. That was right by my house. That was, you know, oh, this event was going on.
0: Like, because uh, it's a big college town, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a big college town. And like, um, you know, like later I realized like there was concerts like 10 blocks from my house that, you know, I wasn't at. when I was 11, I wasn't into it like that. But there was right. like De La, De La Tribe and Souls of Mischief, like 10 blocks from my house in like 1993 Man. or something like that. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I knew. I mean, I would have been twelve or whatever, so I couldn't have gone. <laughs> but, um, yeah,
0: bro, I, I, I caught some shits like that back in the day, in like '95 in, like North Carolina '96, '97. You know, I remember I seen like uh, this Death Row tour. That it, it didn't have it didn't have Snoop on it. It was just like a Rage, Dogtown, Nate Dog. Um, oh wow! One group's name It was like RBM or RB. Or OFT, uh, OFTB, R- Oftb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like it was like ten, fifteen dollars. I caught a couple of them. I saw like Junior Mafia without Biggie. Wow. Like Lil Kim had a set. Yeah, it was like $10, $15. So man, I know I know about it. Like I could just imagine missing like a a a tribe souls of mischief and day live event. It was probably 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 like less than twenty to get in. You know, you'd be around in college towns, you see them good events.
1: Yep.
0: So how how'd you get from there to St. Louis? So I went to St. Louis for college.
1: Um so I went to Washington university in St. Louis. And, um, so like when I went to visit it just to check the school out. So I had, um, i had already been in contact on online. I was kind of early online hip hop shit, like relatively early, kind of, you know, searching and on the early, early hip hop websites and message boards and stuff. Um, and I had met this dude who was actually the hip hop director at Wash U. Um, over email before I even went there. So when I went there, I got, I went straight to the radio station and met with um, my dude, Derek Teslick, DJ Buck Wheaton. And um, man, I walked into that room and it was like, I mean, you know, I got my vinyl stacks back there, but it was like that times like 40. It was just like a whole basement filled with records. And that was like at that, like instantly I was like, okay, I need to be a part of this. What do I got to do? So like literally that's why I started DJing. Like I wasn't DJing before that. But in order to have access to all those records, I had to have a radio show. If I had a radio show, I'd have to code to the door. I could come in any time of night and listen to records and go through records and borrow records and record them. So I was like, all right, that's no brainer, you know, um, sign me up for a show so I can so I can come get all this music. Um, Shit, I feel you. And obviously it ended up, you know, changing my life. You know, I mean, even, even just at first getting promo records through the radio station where it's like, oh, you know, they sent us four copies of this, you know. Two for the two to put in the stacks, and then two to give to the you know to the hip hop DJs. Like yo, I get a free copy of a record. What,
0: what kind of world is this? You know, it was like oh, you know, I feel I you. I, I, shit, I, I still got that level of enthusiasm. That's like something yeah. I was trying not to lose. You
1: know what I mean? No, for sure. I mean that's the you know I mean that's the whole rap fan shit. Like that's like the most important thing is still, still being a fan. I'm still in awe that I'm around Killer Mike and LP. You know, I'm still in awe at all the you know all I've gotten to meet so many of my heroes and stuff and. Even as a forty-year-old grown-ass man, I'm still like, "What the fuck for real?" You know, <laughs> like, Word. It, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know.
0: So, how did you get involved with them, and, and like, which one led you to the group?
1: So, um, this is like the best story of my life. Uh, I love, I love getting to tell it. I can um, imagine, yeah. So, so, so you know, right now my radio show is called The Smoking Section on Shea Forty Five, but there was a website called The Smoking Section that started, and I think like oh. 405.
0: Oh, I got the best killer mike right
1: right so man so,
0: that was like one of the yeah i got that was one yeah that was a great fucking cd right on man is that online
1: uh yeah yeah it's it's on uh it should be on my soundcloud i think it's on my soundcloud with, with the um, red cover right yep yep yeah man, I need that, to press sh- that shit is so
0: too. fantastic that's like man right the mic was undervalued yeah like anything yeah. and I love Killer Mike. I got like everything vinyl, CD, and that—that that was like one of my go-to's. And if I was trying to convert anybody to the church of Killer Mike, I let him hear that smoking section. Make sure Man, that shit was that's bitches, amazing. Buddy. That's
1: that's like literally exactly why I made it was for people to hopefully do that. So thank you. That you know that's incredible. Um, but yeah, so I, I got down with the smoking section like oh, 06 or something like that, and then they posted the song "That's Life" off Pledge One and you know i'd heard mike before obviously adidas right. and the whole world and all that and i'd heard monster but for for whatever reason that's not where i was at when i heard it so i wasn't like i was like oh this is dope but i didn't i wasn't me, like me, me too going crazy. actually yeah. so then i heard that's life though and just off that one song i was like oh shit why didn't anyone tell me killer mike is like the greatest rapper on earth like this is the dopest shit i've ever heard in my life Yeah. Um, I had that moment too. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I got super, you know, super into it. Pledge one, obviously I, you know, I was playing that in the clubs here in St. Louis, you know, that was like his most underground point. Like that, that CD still is people don't know about it. Um, but I was playing it like, like the shit was number one hits, you know, like I was playing what the business is. Like, it was like the TI song of the day, (laughs) you know, I was playing it like at prime time in the club, you know, people dancing and shit. Um, and so I was just super into it. And then one day I was sitting in my apartment, and uh, Mike did an interview. I don't remember if it was in a, a website, like it was if it was online or in like a magazine or something. I wish I could. Um, but at the end of it, he was like, "I don't have fans. I have supporters. You know, they can reach out to me at myspace.com/grindtimeofficial, or this phone number." And he put a phone number in it. And I'm assuming it's you know going to be one of these. You know, you've reached Killer Mike you know, leave me your, your email address. And we'll add you to the list and keep you, keep you in the know of what's going right. on with grind time or, you know, something like that. But being the fan and the nerd, I am, I wanted to hear the voicemail. You know what I'm saying? And just right. see, see what I it was. It, it, man. Who knows yeah. if we might have had a snippet of a song you ain't heard before. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Yeah. It, literally I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I'm just stoned in my apartment at, you know, two o'clock on a Tuesday or whatever. So I pull out my phone, I dial it. Someone answers it. Hello. I said, can I speak to Mike and he goes, this is Mike. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he just, he just picked up the phone, just random number, random St. Louis number calling. He just answered the phone. And that's the kind of guy he, you know, is to this day where, you know, he'll give anyone the time of day. He'll speak. He'll, you know, he's just, you know, he's just that kind of guy. Like he'll embrace anybody right off the rip. Um, so you,
0: you got involved with Granta?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had to think cause I'm like, all of a sudden on the phone with my favorite rapper, Right. I had no, I had no plan. I wasn't expecting to talk to a person, you know? Right. So I'm just like, I'm just telling them, you know, everything I just said, just now, like, you know, yo I'm playing your stuff in, you know, in clubs and, and supporting you as much as I can and you're the greatest. And I want, you know, I was like, just thinking quick. I was like, you know, I want people to know how dope you are. So we should make a best of mixtape. I'll mix it. You host it. And then we can use that because more people need to hear you. And he never heard of me. I mean, you know, I was, especially nobody then, you know, I was just in St. Louis, but sight unseen, he was just like, you know, I guess he could just hear that I was sincere about what I was saying. Cause I was and passionate. And he was just like, all right, bet, let's do it. And, you know, like it took a little, it took a little while to get it, you know, politicked and get, 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 get everything together. But like a year later we dropped it. Um, and you know, it went well, people liked it. And like a couple months later, A3C happened in Atlanta. It's a hip hop conference in Atlanta every year. And so I went there and Mike was doing a signing at a criminal records. And I, you know, so I went to the signing. I just wanted to meet him, give him a copy of the CD, get a flick. Life made, you know, that, that made my life, you know, like that's all I needed. <laughs> right. So, so I go there, you know, give him the CD. Great to meet you. Take the picture. And I said, yo, I'm, I'm here all weekend. If, uh, if you need anything, let me know you know, I'm, I'm around, you know, I'd be happy to help with whatever you need. And I'm thinking, you know, if you got a studio session, you need me to go pick up some food or, <laughs> you know, like go pick up some swishers or, you know, whatever, you know, I'm on some internship in my head. Right. And he said, he said, what are you doing tomorrow night? And I said, nothing. And he said, I'm opening up for Rakim. Do you want a DJ for me? So damn. <laughs> and I'm just like, what, what is happening right now? You know? <laughs> so of course I said, yeah, we did that. Um, We did a couple more shows here and there, but at the time I was, you know, I was in St. Louis and then I moved right after that to San Diego and then LA. And um, so like another, another year later at South by kind of the same thing. happened. I just bumped into him randomly at South by in Austin. And I was like, yo, I'm around all weekend. If you need anything, let me know. And even then I like, like I said, I'm not super like goal oriented. I'm just like play the, play the hand I'm dealt. So even then, even though we'd done shows or whatever, I still wasn't expecting to, like, be DJing for him a whole bunch. He's killing Mike. He's got a DJ, right, you know? Sure. And for whatever reason, he he needed a DJ. So he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, nothing. He said, I got four shows. Let's go. And we did four shows the next day. And at the end of the last one, he was just like, you know, give it up for my new tour, DJ, Trackstar." star. And I'm just like, he didn't tell me he was doing that. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Like, I wish, you know, this is like, oh, nine, I think. So, like, there was camera phones, but it wasn't, like, now where every moment of everything is recorded. Right. Um, so, like, I wish there was footage of that moment, as far as more I know. like it, that
0: you know. Kanye West chain and day footage, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that would be amazing. Or now, yeah, that's something. Why, why wouldn't you want to capture a moment like that? Yeah, so I wish I wish there was footage. I keep hoping someone's just going to pop up, you know, since he's getting more famous. I'm hoping yes, someone's he, like, yeah, oh, you never know. oh, shit, let me post this footage of this show at the at the Whiskey Pig or whatever. I forget what the spot he was even called. Yeah. Um, Either way, so yeah, so I I became his tour DJ, you know, later that year or the next year, I think I moved to Atlanta just because being, you know, being on the other side of the country wasn't really conducive to getting to do shows. Um, So then I moved to Atlanta and, uh, you know, my timing was just crazy because I moved to Atlanta like later in the year after Pledge 3 and then so we toured for that for a little bit, but then rap music dropped the next May and, Mm -hmm. excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, so from rap music on, you know, we've just been going, you know, like we linked with L, and from, from the LP, from the moment we linked with L till now, it's just been like nonstop. It's been crazy. It's been amazing. And, and that, that was from like
0: a, a, a hurricane relief album or like a cure, c- cancer cure album, the first song they did together.
1: No. So, um, so L's album. So the way they got together was uh, this dude, Jason DeMarco from Adult Swim. He runs the music at Adult Swim. Amazing dude. Um, He's, he's got known as for-
0: whoever runs the music at Adult Swim, that's for
1: sure. Yeah. Oh no, he's got incredible taste. He's 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 the coolest. So he um he worked with Elf for a while. He loved Mike. They'd done a little bit of stuff together, I think. And he was just like, Mike, I want to do your next album. So look, we don't have much money for you, but we'll promote it, and you can do whatever you want. Like no creative, you know. Like I want you to make your album that you want to make that you couldn't make, you know, with a major label deal or whatever. Right, And so he was like, you know, I want to get you in with all these different producers, LP, Flying Lotus, all these other guys. And L was the first one. So they sat down, they they had the first session and they were just supposed to do like one or two songs. And they had the first session and they just fell in love. They were just, they just became best friends, like instantly, you know. Um, Obviously their story's very much out there, but, you know, they were born a month apart. They got really similar. Obviously they're very different, but they also got a lot of similar similarities
0: um how familiar were you with LP's music because like oh, I, I, mean, lie, I, I I I seen his production credit a few times but I, I wasn't too hip to him as an artist
1: oh yeah no I mean I was listening to company flow in high school so like
0: See, like I, I actually I, I, I never heard of that
1: yeah and you know through the 2000s like I was DJing in clubs a lot so I was a little bit less in tune with some of the underground stuff that was going on but I always respect you know I, he was a, he's amazing he's always been amazing um so, you know, I wasn't like as up on it at that point as I had been, you know, initially. But I, I remember the exact moment me and Mike were walking through um, this venue in Atlanta called Soundtable. And he was like, yeah, I think I'm about to do this next album um, with this white boy from New York. And I was like, oh, where? What's his name? And he said LP. And I remember I put my hand on Mike's shoulder and, you know, I like tried to like stop him. But, you know, he's a lot bigger than me, so he didn't really stop. <laughs> but I put my hand, I, was, I was just like yo do you know what the fuck you just said? I'm like LP like he's you know at when he said this white dude from Brooklyn I was just you know I just thought it was going to be some random dude that had popped up right not like
0: the white dude from Brooklyn <laughs> you right know? like some unknown a rap music when he first came yeah, out yeah yeah
1: some you know some uh, someone who's dope but you know hadn't gotten out you know it's just some some someone but he said LP and I was just like what the fuck cuz I mean my mind was just blown. I was like, first of all, I never would have put you guys in the same room, just, you know, just like everyone else in the world. When they first heard about it, they're like, where did this come from? Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just been amazing. And L L is one of the most incredible artists on the planet, you know, producing and rapping. He's, He's such an amazing dude, just such a good dude. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm really lucky to have spent most of the last nine years with, uh, with two incredible artists that I look up to, you know, as artists and just as men, you know,
0: they're just both amazing, amazing dudes.
1: I feel like interviews, I always just end up just talking about how cool Mike and LP are the whole time.
0: <laughs> yeah, nah, you know, nah, I want to talk to you about now nah, I'm running the Jewel stuff. I mean, since since we leaned into it for a minute, um, I got like, w- which one do you like the best? Not, not, not them personally, the album. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's no way in the world to do it. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, like, 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 I can't pick for who you time. got mad at the most, and what's the thing that you find most annoying? <laughs> nah, yeah, nah, not nah, no shit like that. Uh, yeah. But like, I personally, I'm probably partial to two. Yeah. I mean, Although I really true. like me out the jewels. <laughs> like that, yeah. that, that shit is unexpectedly good. Like you know that little new new state. You know the NBA playoffs. They got the State Farm, the surprisingly great campaign, and that yeah, Meow yeah, the yeah. jewels was like surprisingly great.
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely some bangers on there. Um the little it's hard Snoop verse was vicious. <laughs> it's hard to pick a favorite. Uh, it's hard to pick a favorite arm. Right, so all, which one have you listened to the most? I mean, lately lately four. You know, because the thing is, once we start touring them, I hear them every night. So, like, I don't I don't always go back to listen as, as often. Uh, so know. technically, you
0: probably would have heard one the most then.
1: Yeah, 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 probably. At the, yeah, probably. Yeah, but at that don't one. mean, yeah, I, I got you. But, I mean, they all, you know. Every time I think I've got a favorite, then I think about it some more, and I'm like, "Oh wait, but what about three? Oh shit, but what about two? Ah, oh, but one is so raw. But four is just like a masterpiece. But three is, you know, like there. It's it's hard to um. It's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to pick. It's hard to separate them from the experiences
0: too. You know. Um, I mean, it's amazing today that that you know any artist can make make an album that you listen to more than five times, let alone right one in a row. Right.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, that doesn't uh, it doesn't happen too often, and that was kind of always their goal at the beginning. Was like, to be a real rap group, we need to make four classic albums, you know, and like we've accomplished that. So you know, now now it's like on to bigger and better things, and you know, but that was always a goal was doing the four album run like EPMD. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a blessing to 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 be up close to it because the thing about Run the Jewels is, and I say this all the time, I know one hundred percent. If I wasn't involved, Run the Jewels would still be my favorite shit in the world. You know, like it's, it, I can dig there's it. just no way that they wouldn't, you know, that that, that it wouldn't still be my favorite group. Um, I mean, yeah, shit goes hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, and I was, I was a huge fan of both of them before I met either of them, or before the group existed. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's amazing to have gotten to watch it all up close and to be a part of it. You watch Joe Rogan show? Um, so it's, it? it's funny. I, I'd never watched it before, before Mike's episode. And then after watching Mike's episode, obviously just through, you know, it was three hours, um, and getting to hear him, hear him, hear him pick at Mike's brain, you know, made me more interested. So I, I, I definitely watched a bunch of Rogan for a while, um, a little bit less lately since he got off YouTube, especially. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's,
0: he, there's, there's he, he frequently of- talk about, uh, working out to run the Jewels. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been so cool to see, you know, the the just all the people that respond to it, um, even at the beginning, but especially now that we're, like, so big. N- now it's almost like, I mean, it's always surprising when someone famous or whatever, you know, likes it, but it's, like, not as surprising. It's like, oh, I can see that, you know?
0: Yeah, true. Um, Being around but, MMA fighters if nothing else, I know some of them have been. MMA fighters, yep.
1: And like, I mean, Anthony Jezelnik is one of my favorite comics. He, you know, he's a fan. I've seen him rocking the shirts and and seen him, you know, say they're, you know, one of his favorite groups or whatever. Um, So, you know, it's all sorts. It's all sorts of stuff like that. You know, just seeing sometimes people just show up backstage at the show like, oh, shit, he's here. You know, like, oh, fucking Johnny Depp's here. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) That happened? You know, yeah, that happened. You know, then there's just.
0: Did you interact with him?
1: Did he have rings on and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to meet him briefly. I got a, I got a quick, quick photo. Um,
0: they have like mad rings on and shit. or that's just yeah, yeah. He was very <laughs>
1: accessorized. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember rings specifically. He, he looked like he'd be wearing like
0: a like on some Steven Tyler type shit, just the actor version.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could, I, I, I could see that parallel. Um, but yeah, yeah you know, that's I mean, wild, bro. Yeah, it's just all sorts of people, and you know, I mean, even obviously just within rap, like the one of the cool things is Mike and Al both having twenty year careers at this point. They've just got so many connections and friends in the game and, and, you know, so much respect from so many people that, yeah, it's, you know, you just never know who's going to, I mean, Diddy threw a birthday party for Mike last month, you know, (laughs) like, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's wild, you know, I've gotten to meet like most of my heroes through this shit, which is great, you know, I'm from Wisconsin, man, I'm just a fan
0: so, yeah. Uh, I, I can dig it. I remember like when I first started meeting people, it, it used to be geek gig- and some some shit still geeks me out. Like I I remember I met Fife right before he passed RIP, and, and like like I was kinda like seasoned at the point, but that shit that shit I met Fife and Sway on the same day actually and, and that was wow. Uh, that, that that shit was like vicious to me. Like I still like every now and then I still get that my can't believe moments and I'm sure yeah like, being run the jewels DJ. Yo, but
1: you, you know
0: so many you, of them. Oh, I can't, I, man. I can't. I can't imagine. You know, the last thing about that though, I'm, I'm curious. I know you, you done did all them, them, them tours and stuff. Like, what, what's, what what's, what's a concert that stands out? Because like, you must have seen like sixty thousand people before and that type shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's you know, funny, that's stuff man, a lot of
0: rap DJs don't see.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And again, I'm I never planned on. You know, I I never had some goal where it was like, yo, I'm a I'm gonna work and you know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get in with some big artist and end up touring and you know i never imagined i never imagined touring before i started doing it like it wasn't even part of the plan Shit, um, one of the
0: hit songs your song right bro the uh what wh- they the old men be fighting that's a, a track star song right oh the
1: uh yeah the close close your uh close your oh oh the nobody speaking no it's uh, it's shadow oh uh, like, shadow
0: is i mean you, you got a song that's this run the jewels though right
1: no, I mean I've done scratches on a bunch, but
0: um Okay. No, I know yeah, no. I know I've seen your name on on, on the on the, the the real releases, not just on yeah, uh, yeah. mixed CDs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've done scratches on every album. Um, at least a couple joints on every album.
0: And you never um, intended to be a DJ. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, like that was you know, I mean obviously once I started I took it serious, but um yeah, that was, like...
0: Clearly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, because, like, I've got homies who are, like, you know, when I was seven and I saw Herbie Hancock, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Right. And I'm just, like, I almost feel bad. I'm, like, damn. <laughs> I didn't know I wanted to do it until I was doing it,
0: you know? <laughs> so I you ain't here, like, Nightmare on My record. Street and want to go be Jazzy Jeff.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny, because that was actually, like, the first rap record that I was, like, super... Like, that I knew all the words to and all that. And so, I, was, I mean, I definitely, like, loved the scratching. and I thought Jeff was amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, but the, the
1: Transformer scratch and all that? <clears throat> so much, like, but at the time, I didn't understand scratching, so I just thought it sounded cool. But and then later, you know, like, 15 years later whatever, one thing, I Could you, know, could you I elaborate? Know about-
0: like, 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 what do you mean about, under- like, you didn't understand? So, like, w- w- what, what understanding have you come to? Because I'm not very like, well versed in the art of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like I'd hear the... I mean, I, first of all, I didn't know the breaks he was playing, you know, like, on, like, the, the live at Union Square joint or whatever, and they're rapping over different breaks... You know, I didn't even understand the fact that, the, that he was going back and forth on two turntables with two different versions of the same gotcha. record and cutting them back and forth. And, you know, I just thought it sounded crazy, like nothing I've ever heard before and all that. And then later, as you know, I educated myself on, on, on all the original samples and breaks and all that. I started realizing, oh, like I'd hear a record and I'd be like, wait, that was from Fresh Prince. And then I'd hear a sample that Jeff used to cut and be like, oh, wait, the first time I heard that was, you know, he's a DJ on the rapper. Right. so you know and then and then getting to where i actually understood some of the dj techniques um realizing like the dope shit that that, that jeff had done back then um and especially when it's you know
0: 15 years later i'm like that shit is still dope <laughs> like, well, like like i might be too it might be some old head shit but like i feel like the primo cuts proved it i i feel like scratching is way underutilized like i wish there was more scratching and more keyboards and uh I wish we go back to the days where there was a Rastafarian hook on every album, reggae jam. <laughs> uh, well, we got one for you on RTJ Four. You know, we got more fire. Oh, uh, that, that's what I'm saying. They bring back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds so cliche to say it sounds old but new, but like, like they, it really do. It, it, it got yeah. all the elements, but but it's it's fresh and updated.
1: Well, and so, and you and know I, that sounds
0: so cliche to say, but like it is is it's real though. You know,
1: no, nah, it's exactly what when El started working on the beats, like when he because he oh it starts with his beats. Like he start he goes away. And he works on stuff until he's got, like, a framework of a sound he wants to go for, kind of. And then him and Mike kind of get together and start bouncing ideas and start, you know, shaping this. It's a long process. Um, But when Elf first kind of, like, had it going, like, like, felt like he had an idea, he came to us and he was just like, I think this shit is going to be some, like, classic hip-hop shit, but updated. But, you know, he said, you know, it's going to be kind of, like, a little more traditional, like, a little more traditional elements, like, of, but not, it's, but it doesn't sound old at all, right? Like, at all, you can't listen to any of those songs and be like, "Oh, this sounds like X, Y, Z from the '80s or '90s." But it's just got a little bit more of that, um, excuse me, that influence, you know. Which they're both, you know, they're both huge '80s hip hop heads. You know, that's what they came up on, um, and obviously the '90s for you know all three of us uh, means a lot.
0: Can that, what did you think when you heard that "Gangsta Boo" verse the first time? Uh, on "Love Again." I think, yeah. Uh,
1: from RTJ2? From yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, I mean, it was wild, you know? I mean, what, <laughs> it was what I expected when they said they got boo I on mean, there. That shit was
0: monstrous, though.
1: Yeah, no, she's amazing, man. She's uh, she's she's so cool. Um, it's, you know, it's, again, that's it's really cool to have gotten to know her real well and, and get to hang out with, you know, Gangsta Boo, which certainly if you went back to Wisconsin in 1998 and said, hey, Gabe, do you think you'll ever hang out with Gangsta Boo? <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably not probably not you saw choices and all that shit yeah yeah yeah. so yeah that that must be unfathomable to you in wisconsin watching choices being like yeah you're gonna be torn uh, yeah yeah that's crazy bro i mean that's always been kind of
1: yeah thanks man that's always kind of been one of my pet lines is like and i was saying i was saying this before any of the touring stuff but even like um you know when I first because I did a Royce the 5-9 mixtape you know and he was my favorite rapper in the world for a long time he's still obviously one of my favorite rappers but you know like when I when I started you know getting to know him or whatever you know I'd just be like man go go tell 16 year old Gabe or whatever you know oh you're gonna be you, you, you're gonna know this dude and it's just like he would never believe it
0: you know? so you had like the bad meets the evil jump
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, See, or, I mean, like when I, I mean, saw yeah, I met
0: like Beanie Sigel and people like that, I'd be geeked the fuck out. Like, damn, yeah. bro, I was watching Dude. State Property like two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying?
1: Dude, still, I can't. You know, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't believe any of the experiences I've got to have through this shit,
0: for real. So, so is it is it true that if, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life? Because clearly, you love what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know that's um, I've been saying for like for like 15 years, I'm like I don't deserve to have like hobbies or free time. <laughs> Cause so like my work is, a is a hobby that, you know, for most people and what people do in their free time, you know? So it's like, I never, like, especially my, in my early, my early day of DJing, like, I didn't take a break. I didn't do anything else. Like, why would I do anything else with my time? Like everything is focused on this. Cause A, it's what I want to do anyway. B, it's becoming fruitful. Like I'm, I'm able to accomplish things and, you know, um, you know, even even when I wasn't making very much money, or certainly wasn't making a living, you know, coming up in St. Louis when I still had to have a job and all that, like, even if I didn't ever make it to where I'm at now, I wouldn't regret any of that because you know, I was doing what I wanted to do, you know. And that's the advice I always give people. I'm like, do what you want to do because you don't know if you're gonna be successful or not. You don't even know if you're gonna have control over whether you're successful or not because so much of life is coincidences and luck and relationships and. Based on, you know, I mean. Where you're at it this day or that day? Yeah, I mean, literally, if, you know, the story I just told, if that day at South by Southwest, he had a DJ that he was using for those shows, you probably wouldn't be interviewing me today because you never would have heard of me because I never would have been around the Jewels DJ because I never would have been Killer Mike's DJ, you know, like. where Where just that one day could have thrown this all out the window. So, you know, it's, it's so much luck to it. And I know, I mean, I worked hard and, you know, I'm, somewhat talented. I think all my DJ friends are, are more talented than I am, but I know that the, the, the main aspect that's gotten me where I am is just timing and energy, you know, and like knowing that I was putting my passion into it. And I think that's why I got, you know, got paid back by the universe, you know, in that way. Um, but you know, again, you know, it can all, it, it all just hinges on what, what, yeah, what happens on any given, on any given day. So, you know, when I'm always a corner just doing, yeah i'm I'm always a proponent of just like do what makes you happy do it you want to do don't try to strategize the game or you know because like you could spend all your time trying to do metrics and and figure all that shit out and still lose and then you wasted all your time trying to like you know stretch trying to do some shit that's not you you know
0: or even the thing that you're gonna win at comes along and all the preparation you did was for something else and that's kind of right. wasted
1: right yeah yeah exactly you know like um Like I I would have no regrets, no matter what happened, because I loved every minute of what I was doing. You know, in the local scene in St. Louis, all the different things I tried. You know, um, I did a lot of gigs that you know maybe I didn't need to have taken, or or I did, but but I learned some every time, and they all conspired to take me on a path to to where I'm at today. You know, so I'm you know I'm thankful for all of it. I'm thankful for every shitty gig I did with ten people there where I got way underpaid and someone spilled a drink on my cables or you know like right all of that a- all of that the record artist.
0: or some shit yeah you know so um, b- before run the jewels about. with the um grant were, were you ever involved with like pill or sl jones or anybody
1: i did um i did a couple shows with pill um and jones kind of like but but that was all like once i was already like yeah like with mike like if they were doing a show with mike um actually one of the first shows i did with mike pill was there too um and I think Lil B performed on that stage too, but, um, and then, you know, S.L. Jones is now Cuz Lightyear, cause so he's I been it. like, yeah, like he's, he's still, still part of everything, which again, speaks to, speaks to these guys, like Mike and L both keep people around that have been around him for 15, 20 years, you know, which shows you what kind of dudes they are, both that they, keep people around like that and that people stick around like that you know they
0: want to be yeah a lot of people not want to be in people's orbits like the asshole people. you notice they have like a a circle that like refreshes itself every three four years
1: no they're both they're both very loyal dudes and they're both you
0: know um just they're just
1: they're just good guys man it's good to be around them you know you learn you learn stuff you you gain experiences
0: and you know you you ever heard um sl jones colors album Oh, dude, of course.
1: I mean, Sags and Flags. Well, a, lot, a lot of people, I mean, I
0: guess, yeah, who the fuck am I asking? But, like, a lot of people, <laughs> like, like I mean, I don't want to be too controversial with it, but uh, would you say it's a, a, a true statement that uh, he kind of bodied clips dude on a track? Because um, I, I, I thought he kind of, like, had the better verse on the song, like, by far.
1: Uh, which song is it? It's been it's been a minute since I've heard the album, so I'm trying to remember.
0: Oh man, anybody who's watching this, or hearing this? If you can hear it, look up SL Jones' Colors. I don't know how available it is. I had to get it on like some underground rap website, but uh, man, I, I ain't heard it in man neither. But I remember, I remember distinctly there was a song with the clips on it, either one or both of them, and it sampled Jay Z on the hook. And I just remember okay. that like SL had like the best verse, and wow. I was like, damn, he kind of had... it, man, like, he's incredible. Yeah, I, I thought like. Hill and S or Cuz Lightyear now, you know, I think they still have a lot left to offer if they ever,
1: yeah, nah, for it. sure. I mean, and, and Cuz, I mean, Cuz definitely does. And he was so young when Mike was first fucking with him that he's still a young dude, like he's, you know,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, you can tell from w- the videos, he he had to be a you to first, yeah. When teenager. I mean,
1: when he, yeah, when he did Sags and Flags, he was like 16 or some, shit, which is crazy because that record
0: yeah. is incredible, incredible. So you know, but, but you know, again, everybody make sure y'all go check out Rap Fan. But, and we we gonna wind up with, with 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 this. But uh, how how did you choose the mix? Like like what made you, like like I could tell like no ID. Like like some of that was like you wanted to convey to people like man, look at this man's resume because like I ain't gonna lie, some of that stuff I didn't realize.
1: and then, yeah, And then, I mean,
0: then the Rick Rubin, I was aware of, but I don't think I'd ever like actually thought of it until it was put together like that. And then I'm I'm really curious about the Camp low. Like, like the 80 blocks from Tiffany, the, uh, Camp Lo, they, they must've been involved in, in making this with you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so all the other ones are kind of the same story, which is like exactly what you said. Like, I want people to know about this. Like, this is underappreciated, like the best stuff I've done. So what is Mike, Royce, Joe Budden, organized noise, no ID. Um, and then the Reuben like the Reuben one came about because when he, when Jay did, uh, what was the album he Rubin the blackout it? was it no nah, it was but it was later I think it was Magna Carta that Rick Rubin like executive produced or something oh uh, um, yeah but there was like a vid there was like a commercial and Rick Rubin was like laying on a couch in the commercial yeah and I was just seeing mad tweets of people being like who's the dude on the couch and I was like oh man this is annoying people don't know who Rick Rubin is let me do something about this so like man, wow like that one, I threw it together like real fast, um, which which came full circle because we recorded part of RTJ Four at Rick Rubin's Studio, which was wild. I got to walk, I got I got to like leave copies of that CD in the studio to um, wow. meet Rick, and you know, um, damn, that's that's yeah. vicious, bro. Damn, no, that's it was, what's up? I mean, again, like it, it's it's preposterous the things I've got <laughs> the, I've gotten to do. Um, but so the can I met platinum
0: artists, that ain't met no Rick Rubin, so that's, what was, right? that's that
1: was good. No, I mean, and it's crazy because, you know, they told me they're like, yeah, he's not going to be like at the studio every day. So don't expect to, you know,
0: like yeah. it's in the studio, but
1: he's not going to be just sitting in on the sessions. He's not producing the record. Um, but the first time I pulled up to meet the guys there, I happened to just accidentally pull up right behind Rick. So I got to meet him like right when I got there. Um, hey, what was he driving? Something fancy, because I remember I remember because I pulled in an Uber and the car we pulled in behind. I'm like, God, like, I'm not a big car guy. Um I said, so I, f- I forget what it was, but it was something like something you don't see, you know?
0: <laughs> right, like, like yeah, you know that's not the regular when you see it. Though. That's not a regular. I, Porsche, I'm, I'm yeah. like that too, bro. I could probably like identify like a Lamborghini, a Porsche, man. I wouldn't know what the fuck a Bugatti was if I would if I did yeah. wake up in it.
1: You know what I mean? And and uh, yeah, so we like you know we pulled in, and I'm just like, oh, this must be some artist coming to record or something. And as I'm, like, grabbing my bags out of the car, I look up and see Rick get out of the car. And I'm, like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, damn. I'm, like,
0: I just want to drop my bags and run up and, like, hug him or something,
1: you know? Um, but, yeah, so that was crazy. But, so so the what, camp what, 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 did
0: y'all say what's up to it? Like, how, what, what, what was the intro?
1: Yeah, so, like, I mean, I didn't want to press or anything. So, like, and he was kind of ahead of me, so I let him go in. I wasn't trying to, you know, run up God. on him. Obviously, he was going to be in the, in the same building, so... um and yeah, once I got settled or whatever, I came out and he was just sitting at a picnic table with like Mike and L and Mike's wife and shit. And I'm just like, let me just go sit at this picnic table. Yeah. <laughs> and see what happens? And yeah, so the, you know, when they took when they took pictures, I was like, could could I could I get could I get one two please? <laughs> shit, um, you know, I I try to never be too uh too 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 uh, too scary to, to to ask for photos because those photos are like you know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like like, ten years later, you'll uh, wish you had it. Like, damn, I met Rick Rubin that one time, and you'll see somebody that's like lame got a picture got a picture with
1: him. Yeah, but so the Camp Lomix, mix though was was the only one that's like a different story, which is which is another crazy story. And again, it all comes from a being in the right place at the right time and being like active and being like sincere, you know. So like, I'm in San Francisco. Uh, Me and my wife were out there for Rock the Bells, I think 2008 or something like that. And then we went to some DJ night or some after party or something. And as we're leaving, there's a dude at the door who's handing out flyers. He's like, yo, Camp Low show next week. You should come through. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. You know, I love Camp Lowe. And he was like, oh, where'd I DJ for him? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, like, especially back then, I, I didn't know a lot of, like, real rappers, you know? <laughs> right. So I was like, I thought that was incredible. I mean, I still would think it was cool. And I was just like, oh, where, what's your name? Mark DeVita, we are talking. And we just like stayed in touch and I don't remember exactly how it came about, but basically he was like, yo, you know, they're about to do this album with Pete Rock. We want to do a promotional mixtape, you know, you and I should do it together. And I was like, hell yeah. So, um, you know, we started formulating it or whatever. And, uh, at the time I, and then by the time we were doing it, I'd, i moved to LA. And so, you know, the concept was going to be, I was going to put a bunch of camp, camplo acapellas over Pete Rock instrumentals, you know, just off existing shit. Right. But we were like, you know what, it really set it off is if they did some, like, original, like, freestyles over Pete Rock beats. Gotcha. So, um, I think for all of them, but we mostly just, like, took, like, you know, the Pete Rock albums would always have, like, little interlude beats, like, 20 seconds at the end of the yeah. song. Like, a different beat would play just for a minute. Mecca and the Soul so, Brother and all that. Yeah, yeah, man. So, so I looped up a bunch of those. So, they'd be, like, Pete Rock beats, but not really you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And it was amazing my boy my boy gorilla in la um has a studio out there and uh Geechee and and uh, uh, uh sonny jesus christ uh Geechee and sonny came and meet you know met me there and we they recorded four i think four maybe six i'm tripping they recorded a bunch of joints and you know I mean, it was just crazy. Like, me and Gorilla were sitting at the board just like, bro, we're recording Camp Low right now. Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Like, exclusive shit for my project. Like, um, so, yeah, so that one, that one was really, you know, that was just one of those moments where I'm like, yo, even if it's a small part, like, I'm a part of, like, some real rap history right now. Like, I'm in Camp
0: Low's discography, you know? I mean, yeah, um, I mean, the project's amazing. Like yeah, I, thank I, I you, highly man. recommend anybody uh, listen to it in, in that's on w- w- Where can they find it online? Cause like I got the hard copy. Like I still listen to these yeah, yeah.
1: with I've my got, Uh So it's, it, I'm pretty positive it's on my SoundCloud. I always forget cause SoundCloud sometimes takes mixes down. So I'm pretty sure that's still up there on SoundCloud. Yeah, it is. Um, and then I think I still do have like a few, uh, a few CD copies, not the original, like full, like the one you've got is is like the repress joint and like the the sleeves, yeah. um, but that was the other cool thing is like they pressed up real CDs, like you know, the full jewel case, which I never had anything in a real jewel case before. You know, my shit had always been slimline or sleeves or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, the but shit I do. Have- expensive as fucking Europe, and I know Europe yeah. like can't blow like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, man. I should send some <laughs> send some, some stores out there.
0: Shit, just um, go on Discogs, bro. Discogs dot yeah. com. They're, they're yeah. And them them, Dipset, wu-tang camp mad Madder, that shit got like a crazy resale value yeah and, uh, true. so, so you're, you're a big pete rock fan i take it then huh
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: i mean man you know who got an I album mean. coming out with pete rock who's that Yuckmouth. He he announced it on, on my show really right there, three, three months ago yeah i can't wait that's to hear wild. that that's wild did you hear the smoke dizzle jump with pete rock
1: yeah yeah yeah. that was crazy that was i, crazy. I, I liked it i didn't feel i felt like it didn't get enough attention I agree. I agree. I mean, it definitely got attention on my, on my radio show. Um, But like something like that is like right up my
0: alley for the show for sure. So yeah, I was hyped when I, when I did the Pete Rock. Shit. I I need to cop it serious. Like, like, I guess, I guess I'm missing out. It's, It's too much different shit to listen to though. You know, like you can't listen to everything. Oh
1: man, dude. I know. And I mean, that's one of the things that drives me nuts about the show is like, I mean, obviously I'd be listening to a lot of the new releases anyway, just as a fan. But it's like, sometimes I spend so much time listening to music just for the show. And I'm like, yo, when do I get to listen to the music? Just because I feel like listening to some music.
0: <laughs> you so, like, know, sometimes you, you get like, old records
1: shit. yeah, you know, like, you know, it's, you know, it's like. Sometimes you want to listen to some old Twister or something, right? Yeah, you know, and I'm just, I got to budget my time. Like, yo, okay, I want to listen to this, but shit, the show, I got to do the show in two days. I got to make sure, you know, like all the albums that come out that, I know might have material for the show. I try to listen to the whole hour. Uh, know. yeah, whatever whatever it is that uh that I feel like listening to at the moment. I gotta I gotta listen. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's every Friday night on Shade 45. Um I wish I could put them up streaming, but you know, obviously they want they want people to listen to the radio. Right uh, I do have a USB I do have a USB on the site on Rapfan.com. Where if you buy that, it comes with a bunch of the old episodes on the USB. Um But yeah, they they they, they, they won't let me put them up on SoundCloud. People are always asking for SoundCloud links and shit. You know, I wish I could. My hands are tied. <laughs> you know.
0: Shit, I I have one of those USBs that had had a lot of those mixes. If, if you got another one, I need oh, to okay. get that. I need to get that because like right I'm, I'm always worried. Like I know the anger, the um, the killer Mike John on a uh, that piff. I know some of them is on that Piff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah man, we Dat, definitely need it's to it's say crazy. those Dat piff is still up. Yeah, yeah. Dat,
1: Every once in a while, I go on Datpiff just to find like old St. Louis shit for my homies, just to download it because it's like I'm a hoarder. Like I got, I mean, I got like trillions of hard drives, and I keep, you know, I, I download everything and all yeah, that. Me, me too. But bro. I'm, but too. I'm, a, I'm always like, I'm always like, what if the internet went down tomorrow? Like, right. I can't not have access to some of this shit, you know, which is why I've got 25 hard drives that are all a mess that every damn like I'm of out today.
0: Yeah, you know, like the oh, mixtapes, yeah. like, because there was some cast that had the mixtapes and never made it to the internet, never made it in yep. a retail store.
1: Yep, yep, like, sure. I got,
0: like, eight Memphis Bleak Jones to, so like, get low records <laughs> that, that ain't <laughs> right. been on nothing, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, but, but shit, brother. Um, Man, I, I love it. I, I I love that you get to live your passion. I love hearing stuff like that. Uh, I love the enthusiasm and just, man, good for you. Thank you, man. I'm very,
1: very, very lucky, you know? um, I don't, I don't get how I get to do it, but I'm going to keep keep doing it till uh till they tell me to stop you know
0: well I mean part of being lucky is being prepared when opportunity comes your way that's but...
1: that's that's what I say because people are like yo you know how, how can I get to where you're at and I'm like well you know first of all you know just try really hard and be passionate but you know you just got wait wait for lightning to strike and don't fuck it up like that's, that's like my word. biggest advice is don't fuck it up like I'm, 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 I'm a, I think I'm a good DJ and all that, but my best skill is not fucking it up. I don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. I don't,
0: like I don't, don't make it Rick Rubin annoyed at you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I do a pretty good job of not, uh, not ruining the opportunities I do come across, you know? Man, that,
0: um, that, 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 that's very wise advice. Very wise yeah. advice. Yeah. Don't fuck up don't your opportunities. It. I know I done yeah. fucked up some opportunities. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I mean, I definitely fucked some up, which is how I, you know, learned not to do it anymore. You know? No doubt, I mean that, that that's like the perfect place to end it on. And, and right on. Man, th- th- thank you, thank you so much. Like like like, like I, I, I really enjoyed this one. I, lo- I love hearing shit like that. R- the, Absolutely, Rick just is fantastic. Thank you, thank you, man. Appreciate it for sure. And what what what's your social medias?
1: Yeah, so it's um, Trackstar the DJ on Instagram, DJ Trackstar on Twitter. I know that's annoying and stupid, but that's just kind of where I ended up. It confuses everybody. Um, Trackstar the DJ on SoundCloud. Uh, if you just search Trackstar the DJ or Rap Fan on Facebook, and then it's Rap Fan uh, on Instagram and Twitter. I have, you know, just just rap fan. Um and then yeah, rapfan.com. I mean, I got DJ Trackstar.com too, which has, you know, more just like the straight my DJ career stuff, but Rap Fan for the merch and all that. Um and yeah, Friday nights on shade 45, uh 10 PM on the East Coast. It's two hours, two hours of underground rap shit that I sort through so you don't have to. So you just get the good shit. Um it's me and my homie James Biko, who used to be D- used to be known as DJ Needles out here in St. Louis. He's a St. Louis Legend. he's one of the dudes I like came up DJing, and watching. Um, so yeah, I brought him onto the show like six months ago. So it's been a real honor to have him be a part of it because he's incredible. You know, he's just one of those dudes that like when I was barely a dj, I was watching him just in awe, you know, like I would I, I, I'm definitely the guy that would go to the 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 club or the hip hop night and then just kind of like, Kind of stand near the DJ booth so I could watch and you know pay t- you know I was I was always about the music more than the party you know gotcha um like I would never go, I would never go to a bar that didn't have good music like why would I ever <laughs> I'm not going to just a regular bar like if they're
0: not a dope DJ I, why would I leave the house you know? shit I can dig it that's what that's words yeah. to live by right well shit, like, man and, that, that thank you for your time and, and absolutely I, I'd like to you know touch base again down the road especially if you start releasing some more of these mixes. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to my boy. I like, I want to get back into doing more mixtapes, but doing the
1: radio show, especially before I brought Bico on, it was like I'm doing two hours of mixes every week. I'm doing a mixtape every week. You know, like it's hard to like in between times do a whole a whole project. But I need to get back on them, man, because that was, I mean, that's what I came up off of. That's where my passion was. That's what before before on the jewels. That's what people knew me for. You know, I wasn't a heavy radio guy. I wasn't. I mean, I was in the clubs in St. Louis, but. Mixtapes is where I made my name.
0: So, you know, I definitely never want to abandon that fully. Gotcha. Well, shit, I'm looking forward to it. And, and again, thank you for your time. And, man, you have a good night. Absolutely, man. Much love. All right, man. Take it light. Okay. Yeah. Peace. The Super Facts Network, home of Jet Pop, STE, and the Super Facts Show. Now available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. Come check out St. Laz, G from the
1: Shop, and Mark Waller Ward.